Ladies and gentlemen, and undecided. <laughs> yes. And non-binary, and non- however you identify. Yes. Welcome to Art Time of the Month presents the Oscars 2020. You sounded just like her, whatever her name is. Who? The woman who does it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, did please really? welcome. Yes, you did. <gasps> I was like, oh, she's doing it. Josephine, that's like maybe the greatest compliment you've ever paid me in my life. Please welcome to the stage. Ah! Oh my God. It's like only my dream job to like be a seat filler at the Oscars. Do you remember that year? Did we talk about this this year? I don't think we were podcasting then. But the year that Gaga sang the Sound of Music tribute and Julie Andrews came out and they hugged and embraced and had that moment. Sevens of listeners, I need you to imagine my face in that moment because I died dead you are but you are but a reincarnation of that i i mean i was like if i was a seat filler that night i would be on the floor in the aisle like passed out dead Ugh, oscars has such great moments like that (laughs) (laughs) and so we're gonna talk and this year was no different this year we're gonna talk about it we're gonna peel it apart for you we're gonna peel back all the layers of the proverbial oscar onion for you and talk about it all. I like it. Okay, so we are going to discuss the following things. Again, the no host, year two, mm-hmm. to which we both raise a curious brow, mm-hmm. nod, tilt of head, question mark. We're going to talk about the fashion. Um, fashion at Oscar is always the height of glam, glamity glam. We're going to talk about the performances at Oscars this year, and of course, the awards and speeches and big what the fuck moments so yeah yeah and the big big winners of the night what up parasite (laughs) hashtag bong gang hell yeah (laughs) uh i mean for that reason alone this year was historic (laughs) yeah for so many okay we'll get we'll get there yes we will we will get there okay this was year two of no host Uh uh-huh what were your thoughts on year two of no host loved it i think it works i did did not this year. I I still think it works. See, last year I felt like it did. I felt like it was a refreshing change. This year I was like, it's feeling a little stale and it needed something to move it along. Mainly just because I thought the opening of the show was weak. And I mm. mean, really, that's all the host does. The host just does like one big yeah. solid open. I didn't feel like we had that this year. And so I felt like it set the tone really differently. I feel like they did it one more year to see if they uh, could. And for me, it worked because I feel like unlike like unlike the Globes or unlike those other uh, other, you know, award ceremonies, I feel like Oscars can get away with that. Mm-hmm. But I think that probably next year we'll see the return of the host. Really? I want to say that. I want to say that. Too. I want to put it out there. I want to put it out there to Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Yeah, I think they did a really good job and of... They had, like, yeah. a little micro moment yeah. in presentation that was so phenom and really stole the whole night. We had, like, in lieu of one big mega host, they then had a few, like, larger intros, right? Chris Rock and Steve Martin then had the first open of yeah. the night. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really off color. <laughs> I was 
not feeling anything they said. I felt like it was dated and stupid. And there were a lot of really off-putting references to the fact that Cynthia Revo was the only nominated actor of color. But because Chris Rock is there, it's okay for them to yes, say it. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. It felt really tokenized that Steve Martin was like given permission to say these things and wink, wink. And aren't I so funny? I'm a funny white dude. And it was like, no, I feel like maybe if there's one thing that we should reexamine if they do this again is like, like we need a new writer's room. We need new writers. Yeah. Because what's making what makes the Oscars now, if we're going to continue with no host, are the people they get to write the jokes and to write the banter and everything. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on who they get to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Yes and. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that there there definitely needs to be a big facelift there, you know, because if they're going to go with no host – then everything else in the night needs to be flawless. It yeah. needs to be really sharp and tight. And I think that's why I'm saying I didn't like it this year because it didn't feel. Yeah. I felt like last year they were very careful with the fact that they didn't have a host. This year it felt a little more loosey-goosey to me. Because they were just like, oh, whatever. It worked. Once. I okay. I give you that. I can see that. Okay. But I think that the institution itself, that the night itself, does not need a host. Okay. Like and I, and you know I mean we'll we'll meet each other halfway. We will on the meet bridge. each other halfway. Yeah. I feel you. I honor you. We are still friends. Yes. We are still friends. Um, let's get into the fashions. Fashion. Who would you like to discuss? Only one person I want to talk about. Only one. Only one. Because I, ha- I find that so hard to believe. It's very hard to believe because like I mean Billy Porter, <laughs> Billy Porter. Period. Billy Porter is riding that wave, and now he's just like, I could wear a garbage bag on the. I don't care what the fuck I wear. Y'all gonna love me, so whatever. I mean, Billy Porter with just like coming out with the amazingness, but also like shortly. This is not who I want to talk about, by the way. But Billy Porter coming out with that beautiful dress again for the second year in a row, but like on the heels of a freaking like. Uh, Arkansas, Alabama lawmaker trying to defund public television because Billy Porter went on there. Because he went on Sesame Street. Went on Sesame Street, talked to Elmo, was it? The context is, and I'm not really sure what the segment was, um, but the context is Billy Porter standing on the stoop of 123 Sesame Street in his full Oscar velvet, black velvet gown, um, and People are up in arms about it, and the what happens if my child sees that? And oh my god! And, like, well, your child sees a lot of shit that's so much more offensive, namely from the president of the United States. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's that... so many things. Yeah. Okay, but that was last year's Oscar. Yeah, this year's Oscar. But that's the thing is that like so like that lawmaker was just in the news right before this, and Billy Porter is all like, I'm going to wear another fucking dress. Yeah, of course. And I'm going to wear... Because why not? Yeah, he's like, exactly. The person I want to talk about, though, is Natalie Portman. Why, Josephine? So Natalie, Natalie Portman, you know, famously... I think it was last year's Oscars, year before. Here are the all-male nominees. Exactly. Here are the all-male nominees. And putting, like, poor Richie Cunningham in, mm-hmm. in like, the worst predicament ever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so she decided to make a statement with her dress. So she comes out in this, um, in this black, uh, this lovely black dress, but, like, her cape 
had embroidered on it the names of female directors that were not nominated this mm-hmm. year. I mean, none, no women directors were not, not yeah. nominated. But like of movies that, similar movies that also were not nominated mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, very nice. We get it. But what I did a little bit more research in, what people are talking about is the fact that like, they're saying that this is a very, this is a very disingenuous move by her mm-hmm. because her own production company has not really had any female directors mm-hmm. in it either. Mm-hmm. And so you have so you have all of these things happening. It's just like, you know, you take this moment to bring that out, but like when it comes right down to it, as someone who has the ability to put women in those rooms, you're not for all of the projects that they've done so far, there've only been I don't think there've been any female directors. Yeah. And I think she also issued a very genuine apology also. Um, in terms of like her her intent was not to 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 be disingenuous, but to celebrate and honor the women who did make films this year. And she said, "I will do better." As a part of her apology, so I think that there was ownership in that. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, she named names on her garment of the women who should have had their work represented on Hollywood's Biggest Night. I did not take issue with it. Yeah, I I also in fi- finding out about it, and it was and, very know. like understated and elegantly yeah. done. It was beautiful. It was is very beautiful. It but it was but that was the thing is that like huh? It's the optics of it because we are living in that time. Yeah, we're living in that time where people you know those internet trolls are loving wanting to call people out or call uh-huh. or in this situation call someone in call uh-huh. her in a little bit. Yeah, and it's just. It just goes to show that there are, people have blind spots. People yeah. have blind spots. There are good intentions. And all we can hope for is that when people are called in, like Natalie Portman, they'll just say, I will do better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, it's the major moment that I want to bring up. I get that. I agree. The other fashion moment that I want to talk about was Janelle Monet on the red carpet mm-hmm. in that silver mm-hmm. uh, Ralph Lauren, which was like that beautiful hooded yeah. silver covered in Swarovski, Swarovski crystals. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Swar- Swarovski. Swar- what? Swarovski. What, what did I say? Swar- Swarovski. I can't speak other languages. It's okay. Apparently, Swarovski. <laughs> Those crystals that Paris Hilton had on her Swar- phone. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. That. Um, <laughs> Covered you so beautifully elegant, and then the back of it was open, had this like really mm-hmm. subtle, beautiful keyhole. And she, you know, it, it had a hood on it, so she was very covered, um, but so feminine and lovely from head to toe, just so beautifully done. Very, it's also a very old Hollywood look, too, with Super. the little hood, and yeah, yeah, really, really glam. Uh, Olivia Coleman, I thought, looked beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I also thought Renee Zellweger looked lovely. She was in a white Armani with a one-shoulder sleeve, full long sleeve on one side. You know, and I think she knew she was going to win that night. And so, you know, she had this perfect column gown, Mm -hmm. you know. And Renee Zellweger is a tiny toothpick and looks, you know, lovely and flattering in in all of these beautiful bodycon gowns. And so it it was just, she looked really great. Um, a lot of just, I mean, a lot of plain black tuxes from the men. Yes, but I want to speak to the classic tuxes. Mm -hmm. Like Brad Pitt. Yeah. And Leo DiCaprio. Classic 
classic Hollywood tuxes, like beautifully clean-looking men. Fuck yeah. So hot. Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) (laughs) The twink prince of Hollywood. He was like, let me try something with this tux. And, like, had a fucking members-only jacket tux made, which he was, had like, this <laughs> weird-ass tracksuit tuxedo. He had this bomber jacket from the Karamo Brown was collection. <laughs> I was not having it. I was like, you're at the fucking Oscars. Dress the fuck up. Did he have, like, a fanny pack, too? He had some, like, man purse, some sort of situation. I, I can't. I don't, I don't know. But the second I saw him, I was like, this missed the mark. I'm not yeah. a fan. Not cool. I loved um, Brie Larson. Mm. was in Celine in this beautiful, like, oh. subtle pink and then shimmery silver yeah, that, stripe. Like, that, like, cape silhouette thing that people are doing. It's a cape with a super high slit on the yeah. leg. I mean, just magic. Really beautiful. There was nothing that I saw that I was like, ugh, the fuck are you wearing? Saoirse Ronan's dress had this, like, weird-ass peplum. Kind of looked like... Like, the skirt of it was this, like, lavender that looked like wallpaper a little bit. Yeah. Um, she could have removed that whole bottom piece and, like, revealed pants and been fine. I guess. And I, even that, I'm, like, not super-duper mad at. Billie Eilish, again. Will be Billie Eilish. Wore a giant <laughs> po- potato sack, and there it is with her fucking fugly green hair, and there you go. These are my thoughts, Josephine. <laughs> we've we've talked about her green hair. That's true. We talked about it when we covered the Grammys. Yes. I understand her meaning. <laughs> I respect her meaning. But uh, not on Oscar's big but night. I do not enjoy it. So there you go. <laughs> there it is. Um, Bong Joon Ho uh, wearing you know black, mm-hmm. <laughs> wearing basic black. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, like the the whole cast of Parasite just like showing out in mm-hmm. this, you know, beautiful. Uh, I, I just we'll talk more about that towards the end. I <laughs> want to talk about. Um, hold on one second. Um, Utkarsh Ambudkar. Yeah, so his performance suit that he wore was this really beautiful um, trademark sandy suit mm-hmm. um, that uh, Indian artists have been wearing like all over the world recently, and they've been getting like. Uh, a lot of really beautiful traction. Um, and it's been it's made by this designer, uh, Sandy Gill. Uh, so he wore a Sandy suit in performance. And so to highlight an Indian designer like that was just a, a really great moment of like holding up another artist, which was just beautiful. And the suit was fucking flawless. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Like beautiful with this beautiful, like burnt sienna orangey kind of beautiful trim and gorgeous just gorgeous um should we talk about performances let's do it (laughs) um how about you tell us about the show's opening (laughs) the show's opening well i love (laughs) i love that we return to like the original janelle monet like in the black and white you know tightrope kind of you know her that little that persona of her as like um, you know, like a like a nightclub crooner type uh-huh. post. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it was just like somebody. I, it you know what? It's not enough. So there were a lot of moments in the opening where Janelle Monae calling out uh, specifically Hollywood for being so white, for the Oscars being like for representation, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. all of the things that people are talking about, right? 
it's disingenuous to me to do that to an institution full of the room full of people who are like applauding Uh when it's like y'all are the fucking you're the voters you're the establishment you had the ability to do this but instead you didn't yeah so again like are you you didn't choose or whatever and like you know I, I can hear people saying, like, but what if there just wasn't anything good? And I'm like, that's not no. true. That's not true. That's not true. And actually, what was the statistics that come out after the fact are that um, in order to be an Academy voter, you have to have had X amount of films released or published. So in order for you to be an artist of color who is a voting member in the Academy, you have to have had already – like X uh, amount of films submitted. Yeah, this huge I. body of work. Spike yeah. Lee. You know what I mean? Um, so the number proportionally of artists of color who have met the requirements is significantly less. So again, just like in the United States of America, when the largest voting body is white people, people are voting for what they look like. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rough. Exactly. And, and wrong. And I just didn't, like, I just thought it was such a choice to have, like, people in costume from other movies mm. that were not anywhere yeah. near the, like, the whole Midsummer gag with her, <laughs> with Janelle, with them, I should say, yeah. with with Janelle Monet in, um, like, the May Queen green and then having the Midsummer people. And I'm like, that's such an, that's such obvious that's such obvious fan service to like the people of young Hollywood who like are watching the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So like when, so a lot of what I did um, after my initial watching of the Oscars was to also look at the stories of these, uh, these two people in Hollywood. One of them's a comedy writer. His name is Demi Adigiwebe. I've mentioned him here Mm -hmm. here before. He does a huge Oscar party every year, goes all out, has a whole bunch of snacks that are all themed. Anyway, he like, He's one of those people. He's that voice of young Hollywood that are like, you know, Midsummer deserved a nomination. Mm-hmm. These things deserve a nomination. And to see that kind of portrayed in the background. The last black man in San Francisco. Last black man in San Francisco. Yeah, it, yeah. The, the, to see that all portrayed in the background and the opening was just like, this is either really like this was written like six months ago uh-huh. <laughs> when they thought that those were going to get it or it was just like, like we're s- missing the mark there exactly yeah. and then it was also this you know i'm this grand statement of like i'm so proud to be a black queer woman performing at the oscars as she says this in front of like a sea of white faces of white faces so awesome for you bold move um but also i was like I, I just, I, I did not enjoy her performance. Yeah, it was in the same way that I didn't enjoy when Justin Timberlake opened the Oscars with "Happy." Yeah. that one year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Oscars should open that way. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't think that it did anything to hype the crowd. I thought a lot of the crowd was there, just like I don't get it. Yeah. Because they really don't. Because they really did. Because they really don't. And it's just, it's interesting because, like, when you have a host, in the same way, like, like, you know, let's take a award show that we love, the Tonys. Like, in Mm -hmm. the same way that the Tonys does it, where it's, like, it's a host who gets it. It's there to set the tone. Who comes from that community. Who comes from that community to speak about the community. And then when you have no host to do an opening like that, you leave it really Mm loosey-goosey. And it's like, yeah, of course. 
the liberal writers that are in the room, as well intentioned as they are, or whoever wrote the songs or whatever, as well intentioned mm-hmm. as they are, it's not going to land. Yeah. Because also on Oscars, on on the film industry and Hollywood's biggest night, people don't want to sit in a room and feel bad about themselves. No, they don't. Yeah. And then, I mean, that performance was then followed up by Chris Rock and Steve Martin. So yeah. it felt like the whole opening to the show was just like, this is it. This is what we get. Yeah. And so that was like, and imagine if you're like, you know, those people who, who like watch the Oscars, don't watch any of the films or watch or watch all the films and watch the Oscars. And you're in like the middle of the country or you're Mm -hmm. in, you're in those places that like, you know, where there isn't a lot of representation demographically and you're sitting there and it's just like, I feel bad about myself. Why, Mm -hmm. you know, and trying to unpack all of that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a lot to do and a lot to ask from something that's supposed to be a celebration. Yeah. Yeah, so, I would say that that would be true with with cities that don't have like art cinema houses, you know, yeah. to mm-hmm. see indie films. That being said, that have to I think, wait for the three weeks leading up yeah, to the Oscars. Wide release yeah. movies, though, like should you know, that's that's the difference between something like the Tonys and mm-hmm. the Oscars yeah. is that everyone has access to movies. Not everyone has access to what's going on on Broadway. We'll talk about that in June ah. when we get to the Tonys, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so the opening, again, we're kind of going back to this, like, no host thing. But to kick it off with Janelle Monet and then Steve, Steve, Martin, Steve Martin and, and Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. I almost said Steve Rock. I was like, no. Um, also, uh, just I'm going to add in one performance. Yeah. Um, I love that this year we're getting Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson and their performance as Meryl Streep and Mr. Gummer. I forget his first name. Um, because I say that because like he's the main he's the uh, like the a list like established celebrity in the front row in the way that Meryl was for all those years, uh-huh. and I felt like they were <laughs> they they were cutting to him a lot, and he mm-hmm. he was he had to be in that role of being mm-hmm. like I am now the elder statesman of Hollywood, <laughs> basically. Like I speak for yeah. the white men, and he did ultimately. I- then he came out and spoke on behalf of the whole Academy saying like the Academy Awards Museum is going to be opening in December of this year, which is thrilling. And I also propose that you and I take <laughs> well, a field trip. Well, we're going to have to do that. Like you guys, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You guys, Josephine and I are going to go. We'll record a podcast live from LA. <laughs> oh my God. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh my God. Anyway, Tom Hanks was the voice of, of Hollywood saying, Hey, this is what we've been working on. And this is, this is when it's opening. Yeah. So it's opening on December 14th of 2020. Mm-hmm. So It'll be exciting. All right. Moving on to the next performance, I would like to discuss Adina Menzel, pronounced exactly as it's spelled. <laughs> uh, well, that was genius. I think it was Josh Gad, was right? Josh Gad, yeah, who was... introduced her really brilliantly. Yeah. And he talked about the fact that these large-scale Disney movies are then dubbed and performed in several other languages around the mm-hmm, world. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about the fact that there are several Olafs all over the world, you know, and so he um, he was able to introduce Adina Menzel with not, I think, nine yeah. other mm-hmm. Elsas from around the world, and that was kind of really beautifully done. Yeah, I was happy with it, and I was happy for her because she nailed it. The first time when Travolta fucked up her name, it fucked up her whole performance. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this was like fucking redemption, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, all right, because I could like I'm I'm like this about Adina Menzel these days. Like, oh, I her know. Singing live, I'm like, mm. it's like we don't need to. You, like, why do we still give her like? It's like I know, like why? Bob, Bobby, Kristen. Why do we still give her that note? Why, why do we still give her that note? However, <laughs> I was really happy for her on this night because I felt like, like, and also, I will say this: I think that it was really smart to surround her with that community of yeah. voices because mm-hmm. it took the sole pressure off of one voice and one performer. Yeah. So even, yes, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and she did hit the fucking money note. Yeah. She did. But we also honor, but we also honor all the other voices who can also do the same, thing. who can do the same thing, but like, who also can do the same thing, who are bringing that story to a wider audience. Correct. And that was a very beautiful way to illustrate that. It was. And they all looked lovely in their pastel tones with Adina right front and center and white. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really well done. I was I was pleased with that moment. It, it reminded me of like there was a <laughs> there was a meme on YouTube shortly after the release of Frozen that was basically like let it go, but every like like there were clips from every single dubbed version yeah. of Let It Go, and I was like, "Oh, this is what we're getting now." Yeah. In like in actuality. In- yeah, and I'm like oddly proud of Oscar for highlighting that this year. Yeah. I thought that was a solid move. Well, you know, when you're in a sea of whiteness and you're starving for representation, you got to do what you can. <laughs> I know, I know, but to honor language and and culture and country was was great. It was a really good moment. Um. Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, we touched on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. They had like a little mini moment performance that was really funny because they framed it in the context of like, we're presenters, but we want to show people what we can do. And so they performed their fucking asses off when they performed, when they presented. Which makes me wonder if, like, <laughs> which makes me wonder how much input they had. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like, at the same time, like, they, Oscar, you know. It was very well rehearsed, yeah. but also felt fresh and um, uh, like impromptu. So it didn't feel over, yeah. like you know, overly produced or done. And it makes you wonder why they're not doing it. Why aren't yeah. they? You know, in a world where you know we've already committed to uh, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey are are hosting the Golden Globes again next mm-hmm. year. You know, why can't we do the same with Oscar? Exactly. So who knows? But they had such a fun moment. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda came out and he introduced the movie montage, which you and I just watched before recording. Yes, um, honoring music that makes movies iconic. Yeah, wherein the film honors the song and the song honors the film, and you can't really separate the idea of one without the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that montage was really dope, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I. It was from the moment you hear that opening piano riff. Na, 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 na. Exactly. Yeah. You know exactly yeah. what that's supposed to evoke in, in everything. Yeah. And with every song, we were like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Whitney singing, and I, and we were like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, and that. And then Celine and the boat sinking, and uh-huh, <laughs> and that. Yes. So much. And then it cuts to... Lose yourself. Yes, from Eight Mile. Yes, eighteen years later. Yeah, I was. (laughs) So the reason. (laughs) So the reason why we watched is because I didn't see the. I didn't see the the package from Lin Manuel into that, Uh and I was like, "Why are we being transported back in time? Like, what's going on?" Well, it was interesting too because the montage was so 
immediately recognizable, you know. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you start hearing this instrumental, but you're seeing the visuals from 8 Mile. And you're seeing these these images of, of Eminem and you're like, what? That that's not iconic mo like I iconic music that makes me think of that. And then cut to the curtain rising, the stage coming up, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that's Eminem. Mm -hmm. Oh damn it. A lot of people were like, I don't get it. Yeah. A lot of the old folks were like, huh? Mm -hmm. Why? And a lot of the younger generation was like, fuck yeah. And it's time. I was like, it's it was it was complete service for that generation of p young people who are now like young professionals yeah. that are like, oh shit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he then later said, you know, like because it was like the best kept secret of the Oscars this year, and he said that you know when he did win in two thousand three, yeah, it was, it was two thousand three. Um, so when he did win for that, he said he didn't even attend the Oscars that year. So he didn't accept his Oscar. Mm -hmm. um, he said he didn't even watch the Oscars that year. He was putting his daughter to bed, and he thinks he was like asleep or something that night. Um, so, so many years later, like when given the opportunity pr to present, he was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's do this again." Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. So many years later, but I mean, you know, you could have. You could have put Haley to bed. You could have had someone put Haley. Mom could have come over and put Haley to bed. You know what I'm saying? You should like, have been at the fucking Oscars that year, dude. You're nominated for an Oscar, you fucking show up, dude. Yeah. Especially because in 2003, he was like the at the height of... That was the height of his power. That was. And yeah. he should have been there. Which was kind of, you know, I don't know. I see I mean, it both ways. It was kind yeah. of a baller move to just like not show up. Big middle finger to everybody, but... yeah. It I was know. very on brand, but it was. Yeah. But like, it would have been dope to see him up there in a tux and accepting his Oscar from Barbara Streisand. Yeah, mm. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I would have been there. Where for can we get um? Can we get that uh that collaboration soon? We get the Barbara yeah, Streisand right? Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was another like really fun moment of Eminem. There was a picture of him with Elton John. With Elton John. Again, yep. Mm -hmm. And that very famous reunion too. Let's talk about Elton's performance. <laughs> Oh, you know that queen. <laughs> I know. I know. Elton performed his nominated song for which he won. For which he won. For which he won. So he was not at he was not at his party this year. He wasn't. Well, the it's, the party happens at the same time as the Oscars, doesn't no, it? No, it happens after. Oh well, then no. The Elton John's AIDS Foundation. Yeah, don't they do it? Don't they, don't they do a, a simulcast at the same time? They might, but then the party continues on. Okay, yeah, because last year I know that he, because he did um, he did your song with Taron Egerton at his party um, During the Oscars? That, well, because they do the simulcast and they had the big screens and everything. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Because, like, you know, the people who don't go to the Oscars, they, the, you know, uh -huh. highfalutin people that don't get to go to the Oscars, they go there. Got it. Well. But again, this year. He I, performed. He performed uh, I'm Gonna Love Me Again. Mm-hmm. From Rocket Man, and he and Bernie won. Yeah. So there you go. But more than that, backstage, he and Eminem took a picture together. Yeah. And that circulated because we love that. Queen and Slim. There yeah. You go. <laughs> the other Queen and Slim. The other yes. Queen and Slim. And I cannot take credit for that because I saw that somewhere online and I was like, that's fucking genius. It's like, it's like who named this, caption this picture, yeah. wrong answers only. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Queen, Queen and, and Slim. Slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Billie Eilish, my favorite and yours. 
She did the in memoriam. Yes. What did young Andrew WK have with, to do? <laughs> with all of her green hair. <sighs> I mean, she sounds lovely. You know what? I, I she give got it, some fierce ass nails. I, I give it up for her for not changing her hair shortly after. Like, you know, because it's just like. She has a lot. She could do it. Like, she has the ability to change it and, you know, but, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. She's going to sing the next Bond song. Who cares? Is she? She's she's singing. Um, uh, Skyfall. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's going to be a Bond girl in terms oh. of, like, she's singing the next uh, James Bond well, song. Well, I mean, both Adele and Sam Smith won Oscars for their Bond song. So yeah. is she next? Oh, God. She's on the way to the E-God. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, tell me about the in memoriam and what you thought there. Well, <laughs> oh, the in memoriam. Uh, it's always problematic. It's always problematic because then people are like, you left out this person when actually that person died the year prior. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to the Oscar cutoff or I don't know, whatever. There's what always some sort of cutoff. There's yeah. always something. Last year they left out Carol Channing. Yeah. Like, Didn't did they, they also put leave her in out? This year? Um, they put her in this year. Joan Rivers was at the Tonys. Joan Rivers, Tonys. I, I don't. Know. I think it was a so yeah, but you know. Listen, people dying is people always dying. problematic. Yeah. It's never convenient. It's always a problem. Yeah. <sighs> Kobe gets his nice little shout out as we knew he would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did Kirk Douglas. Yeah, who mm-hmm. had just died, I think, the day or two prior. God, to the and he is like one of the like the last. Like he was 103, but like he's from like Hollywood that, royalty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of the last of the Hollywood royalty, for yeah. real, of like the old cinema studios. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like we said, Ukar Shambukar came out. He did this whole like you know he's in freestyle of Supreme, so he mm-hmm. did this whole mm-hmm. freestyle about the nominees and about who was nominated, who wasn't nominated, who will be nominated next year. Um, and that was, again, another fun moment where people were like, oh, okay. So very much like the Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig thing. It was like a nice reprieve from yeah. the awards and the traditional performances. I, if there's nothing else that we're getting from having a no host is we are each – every time someone gets up there, we're determining whether or not they have what it takes to potentially be the host. And bring That's it, true. Back. So, you know, Utkar, Ma- Rudolph, Rudolph Wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rudolph, the Rudolph wig. The Rudolph wig. Um, uh, let's talk about Randy Newman's performance. <laughs> Randy Newman is exactly 729 <laughs> years old. When he won his first Oscar. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Newman, I'm going to say something controversial now. Uh, Are you ready? I'm, I'm probably going to stand right by you. Okay, please do. Mm-hmm. Randy Newman, like Alan Menken. What? Hold on. And what? this turned. Oh, hold on. <laughs> and Lin Manuel Miranda. All of them have become very rich and famous men for writing several versions of the same three songs. Fight me on it. Uh, I can't because you can't because you're I'm so right. right. You're so I'm right. so fucking right. I'm so fucking right. <laughs> Don't even fight me. Come for me. Whatever. <laughs> so yes. So Randy Newman got on stage and I was like, "You've got a friend in me, sure." And sure as shit, it was like the same version of that song when he sang, "I can't let you throw yourself away." 
a thousand times over. There's like no B section to the song. He just says the same thing a thousand times. <laughs> wow, that was a very controversial statement. But, but fight me on it. It's right. But is but you are right. I am. You, I give you that. You are right. Listen, all three of them are very rich and successful men with storied careers. Some of them young careers. But yo, there's a formula and they are sticking to it because it's working for them. And for Randy Newman, it has worked for him for all 729 years of his life. <laughs> <sighs> Enough. When Enough. You, you, were, you went Alan Menken, I was like, ooh, is she going after Alan Menken? Listen, and I'm a Long Islander. Yes. I don't want to attack my own, but I did. <laughs> because it's truthful. And if he was sitting right here in this room with us, I'd be like, for real? Look, queen. <laughs> Listen, Alan. Can we talk about part of your world somewhere that's green? Can we do it? <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, Thanks. my gosh. And he'd be like, you're right. I get it. <laughs> um, okay. So, <laughs> let's talk about Chrissy Metz. Chrissy Metz of This Is Us sang her song from breakthrough called I'm standing with you. <laughs> Joe just shook his head. You vicious queen. Breakthrough is a terrible I, I you, Yes, but it was wasn't it written by Diane Warren or someone uh, or who who wrote the song? I, I no, the just the movie. It's the, the movie, movie but the the boy in the ice like the boy in, oh who fell into the ice. Yeah, that, then, that's yeah. what breakthrough is about, yes, right? But yeah. it's like a boy who from some God's miracle Jesus comes back to life. Bullshit. Uh, oh, it's a super Jesus-y Hallmark movie for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was like. It's one of those movies no! where like you see the preview and you've seen the whole movie. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I am I'm counting breakthrough. Yes. I'm I saw breakthrough five times when I went to the movies <laughs> last year. <laughs> yes, because I saw five other movies. Exactly. Yes, and then, exactly. you know, Chrissy Metz just, like, praying to God that she, you know, her her son wakes up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh. Oh, God. Oh, I hope that's still funny when you're in hell. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it, w- it will be. It will be. It will be. It totally will be. Um, so she got up and she sang her Wawa Jesus song. Okay. <laughs> I know, and she was like, she was like serving you all Keala settle from like. She was she- trying to. That's exactly it. You just named it. You just named it. God damn it. Oh, you're good. Yes. She was like, up there trying to like. Similar hard- like tone of the fucking dress. That's too. it. No, like- Keala was in blue and Chrissy Metz was in red. Was she in red? I, I believe she was. <laughs> Was I watching maybe like the look it up? I'm not sure. <laughs> Hold on. So Hold on. we're looking. I will say this though. Like she got up there and I think she was expecting to have her full Kayla settle moment. And like, I just like harnessing her, like I'm a big girl with the mic power, you know, trying to sing. except Kayla settle got up there with like a whole chorus of people behind her. Exactly. And she crushed it and she could sing her face off. Chrissy Metz is like, meh. She's a singer, but I don't know. Are you a singer worthy of a spot oh, on the Oh, see, it was it was black. It was black. It was black. I mean, it was either dark blue or it was black. But it was also with the fucking cape, with the like the lace cape when she's doing the thing. When she was performing, she wore red on the red carpet. Yes, 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 That's yes. That's what yes. it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, so when she was I knew performing, I saw her in red then. And she okay. also had. I mean, again, she also had people behind her, but uh-huh. not like again. 
like it's it's no this it is me. It was a gospel choir. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't no, it wasn't the it was not a this is me. It wasn't Callis at all. Yeah. And she was trying real hard to be. She was trying. We and were she just... was trying too hard. Why and it's also like Oscars, why do we do that? Why do we why do we have like you know, why do we have our like plus size queens come out and do a park and bark where like everybody <laughs> <laughs> Park and Bark. You asshole. <laughs> But that's it. Oscar's like, this worked one time with yes, a fat do it girl. Again. Let's yeah. do it again with another fat girl. Why not? Yeah. Rude. Rude. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Cynthia Revo. Okay. Queen of Revo. <sighs> I mean, okay, first of all, Cynthia Revo was up for two Oscars that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. We knew she wasn't going to win for lead actor because that category just belonged to Judy. Yeah. But. She stood a chance to win for her original song, yeah, which would make her the youngest EGOT in Oscar in history, and also in the shortest amount of time, yeah. Given mm-hmm. that she won both her Grammy and her Tony for *The Color Purple*, which was her only Broadway show, so and her Emmy from the daytime performance of *The Color Purple*. So all of her awards within this very short period of time would have made that like a historic EGOT. But, again, we knew the song she was up against the Lopez's. She was up against Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Like, yeah. there was no way. And then she sang. And I was like, oh, shit. Everyone in the room was like, oh, we done fucked up. <laughs> Everyone in the room was like, fuck. Yeah. We should have voted for her. Yeah. She is the epitome of poise and grace. And, mm-hmm. and she is elegance. And her voice is so... Crystal clear and powerful, but soft and lovely at the same time. And she, the whole room was just on their feet. She was, and she, God, what she was wearing for that performance too. Beautiful. With the high collar and like the column of like gold and. And again, like that's, that's something that like when she does, because she's come here to San Diego to do. Yeah, I um, saw her at the symphony. Yeah, exactly. She just, you know, sings. She just sings. Look, serves a look and does mm-hmm. the sing. Yeah. Because she has that that kind of voice that is pure talent, yeah. but also so unique. Yeah, absolutely. She doesn't sound like anyone else. Mm-mm. Also, later, I want to get into, like, a low-key, dare I say, rivalry between Cynthia Revo and Jennifer Hudson playing competing Aretha's. What? That's maybe a story for another time. <gasps> But Cynthia Revo is playing Aretha on the National Geographic channel or the History Channel, like a series or like a movie highlighting Aretha. Meanwhile, her Color Purple co-star, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson, is playing Aretha in the feature film biopic. Yeah. So But but that film, the the film, that was blessed by Aretha. Mm-hmm. J J Hud was chosen, like mm-hmm. legit chosen capital C. Uh-huh. By the queen herself. Mm-hmm. So I know, but the fact that like the two of them are both playing this icon is is interesting to me. Mm. So anyway, keep that in your pocket. Okay. Tuck that under your hat. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cynthia Revo's performance at the Oscars in 2020 tore the motherfucking house down. And like, <sighs> shit, all of us were just like weeping and taking deep breaths afterwards. It was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Awards? 
Shall we talk about awards? Let's do that's finally we're here. Finally, we're gonna right? finally talk about the awards. I know. Well, the four acting categories were were predicted and yeah. un- unified across the board. Yeah, absolutely. We knew that. We discussed that in our pre award show, right? Yeah. So, Joaquin Phoenix for lead actor, uh, and Renee Zellweger for lead actress. Uh, so the Joker and Judy. Yes. Were not surprises. Their speeches were, though. Were very surprising. <laughs> Their speeches were some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I really. What she really in leaned in. Book? She really leaned into Texas this time. She leaned into Texas, <laughs> started talking about heroes, went <sighs> on for five minutes. Was that her husband? Who was that large man she was with? I don't think I don't think she's married. Okay. I think that that's been her like longtime manager. Okay. Somebody. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I was like, he looks like he's gonna eat her later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Pick that bone clean. She's yeah. tiny. Um yeah, she gave a real fucking like, ooh, you drunk. Speech. I I prefer. I mean, again, if someone had an edible before their Oscar win. It was. Weird. I prefer hers over fucking walking. I mean, they both had. So to give to be fair, they both had very tender moments. Mm. Both had very tender. Where you know she's like trying to lift Judy up, and she you know they end on the high note. Him with his like tribute to his brother mm-hmm. at the very end. But Joaquin Phoenix was like, <laughs> I remember my because I didn't get it, I didn't see his actual speech. But then my dad the next day was like, "Okay, did you see Joaquin?" Well, and let's preface, preface this because okay. at the BAFTA Awards the uh-huh. weekend prior, Joaquin Phoenix gave a really impassioned and eloquent speech that was concise and to the point and clear and really impactful about representation. And we as white actors needing to fix the system because, like, systematically it's broken and we're on the inside of us. And it's on us to do the work, to fix it, to be more inclusive, to include actors of color, et cetera, et cetera. It was really, really well done. Sean King reposted his speech the next day. Uh, A lot of people were really holding him up for saying that kind of stuff. I believe that he was trying to have another moment like that at Oscar. Yeah, but I think more for, like, climate change. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, kind of, okay, well, I have this platform, so now let me speak about all of the other things that are wrong with the world that I should be talking about. And no. 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 (laughs) Made you want to get a big glass of milk, didn't it? Later from a cow. (laughs) Goo! (laughs) No. It yeah. was because I feel like they. I mean, we knew that these four actors were all going to like you know sweep. They swept everything. They did. They. I think they just ran the. They ran the table on them. They did. They so totally like did. it's you know because I was like, uh, did he thank Rooney? I didn't see him. I didn't hear him thank no, Rooney. He didn't. See, because Rooney he already thanked Rooney elsewhere a million other times. Exactly. Brad Pitt when yeah. he won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really liked his speech. Yeah. I thought him and Laura Dern. (laughs) He and Laura Dern gave really great speeches. It was Laura Dern's birthday. Uh, The LGBT community was really thrilled to see her win because Mm -hmm. she very historically was a part of Ellen's coming out on television. And her career was blackballed for like several years after that moment. So the LGBT plus community really held her up in her Oscar win and her moment. Brad Pitt's Oscar speech was 
also really great. He finally thanked his kids. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you have like 17 children. Can you thank them, please? Yeah, thank please you. Please thank them. Please acknowledge them. Um, did you happen to see the the Independent Spirit tribute the Gay Men's Choir, the, gay, the Los Angeles Gay Men's Chorus did? No. So the Independent Spirit Awards were the day before the Oscars. Yeah. And their Aubrey Plaza comes out and she's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to pay homage to the queer moments it, that happened in the in films throughout oh. the year, and so the LGBT the gay men's chorus of Los Angeles came out and did this really <laughs> this really fun tribute to specific moments that are gay in all of the different gay okay. quotes, and then it ended up it ended up being like this giant tribute to Laura Dern. So I after after this, we'll watch it because yeah. I've already seen it twice, like oh, three times. So. I love that. Yeah. Oh, word! I love that. That's great. Yeah, but Very like cool. that was like happened the day before, and mm-hmm. so it was even better when she won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the actor categories were zero surprises. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, Laura Dern also thanked her parents. She like thanked her parents. Her parents is her biggest her her, her influences. Who are her, yeah, who yeah. are her greatest teachers? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking just classic lovely another like really great oscar moment i did not like her dress should have talked about that in fashion no it looked like weird drippy candle wax on her boobies it looked like it looked like uh lighting in a burlesque house shimmy tassels (laughs) yeah i just gave a little titty shimmy for joe (laughs) i'm gonna give you a little titty (laughs) shim Completely wasted on me. Little oh, titty man. shimmy. There I was like, can we yeah. just like cut that off? Like, yeah, who, I really want dressed to her. Cut off the fringe of her dress. I was uh, not someone it. straight probably dressed her because no, there's no way that a gay person would I let know, her go. I know, and I feel that. like it's always one of the big award winners where I'm like, ooh, that dress. No. Yeah, it's like you know you're gonna win, girl. You like. know you're gonna win. It's like when J Hud won her Oscar. We, we were like, you knew you were gonna win that year. That's what you wore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So, uh, the Obamas won an Oscar. Hey. hey, as producers on American Factory, they won for documentary feature. Um, are they close to an EGOT? He has a Grammy. Mm. He has he has a Grammy for his audiobook. He does. He uh, does he have an Emmy somewhere? I th- so does Michelle. Michelle also has Michelle a Grammy. Michelle has an Emmy. Oh, she so there. She won a Grammy for her audiobook Ooh, this year, Ooh, Tony. Mm. Tony's coming. Yeah. I don't think they're Tony producers anytime soon. <laughs> well, we'll see. But we'll see. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean. Becoming the musical. They're fucking geniuses. Yeah. Listen, we're here for you. We should also mention that we are recording this on President's Day, and Barack Obama, you are our president. Yes. We love you, we love you Barack. We love you. We honor you. We see you. We yeah. hear you. I got a crush on Obama, Barack Obama. Yep, and Michelle. And, Mich- uh, and Michelle. And Michelle. And your daughters and your house and your dogs. And Even your, Bo. your babies and yes. your administration and all of it. Yeah. And Mrs. Robinson. There you go. There we go. Um, okay. So... <laughs> Our little brief detour into our love for the Obamas. You're welcome. Okay. uh, How do we want to do this? How do we want to break this down? My gosh. (laughs) All right. Let's just go through it. Shall we? I mean, we. (laughs) I mean, first of all, Toy Story 4 won for best animated feature. That was a category that was so up in the air. It could yeah. have gone so many different ways. It could have. I mean, it could have gone so many different. It could have gone so many different ways. Klaus won at yeah. one of them at the Baftas. Yeah, and then the Golden Globes was Missing Link. 
People were just like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Toy Story, Randy Newman, let's sure, do something. Exactly. Sure. There you go. So, yeah. So, there it was. Toy Story 4 won it. 1917 won for a few things. It won for uh, it won the cinematography. Yep. It won for sound mixing, um, visual effects. So it won a lot of the, the technicals. Yeah, it won the Dunkirk, the Dunkirk ones, mm-hmm. it, which we all knew it would because it was a very technically beautiful film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm very happy that uh, Sam Mendes and his team were honored in that way. Yeah. Um, Hair Love won for animated yeah. show. That was a really great moment. Yeah. And the creators of that film brought the student um, who, and I, I don't know where he was a student mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or is a student, but who was denied his graduation ceremony unless he cut off his dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. They invited him as their guest to the Oscar Awards. So in a in a night where they won the Oscar for a movie about celebrating hair and black hair and different textures and, and all of that, to have him there was such a beautiful gesture and an appropriate gesture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a really important moment to, to hold up people who need to be held, you know? Um, so that was a huge win, and everyone was just really thrilled about that winning. We got to talk about Parasite. They got all of them. All, all the one, of them. Yeah, all the ones they were nominated for. So also, this year was the first year that they changed it from foreign film to international film. Good. So they named, they renamed the category, and Bong Joon-ho talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won for international feature film. Which was theirs. To which was theirs yeah. from the get. Yeah. But like a lot of people just thought that that was where it would end. No. No. And then, holy shit, Parasite continued to win for Best Director. Yeah. Which is which is the, like, that's the thing, is that the Best Director Oscar is one of the tells for the night. Where it's like, if you win Best Director, there is a, probably a great chance that you are going to get the Best Picture. So See, normally that's true of cinematography. And cinematography went to 1917, which is why it was my pick for Best Picture. See, Parasite was – I always lead – even though I'm – so here's the thing. I have the ones that I want to win. Uh-huh. And then the ones – I mean, and then the ones based on all that the analysis. That is always the trick with an Oscar ballot. Yeah. like – the ones I'm rooting for versus the ones I know will win or the ones I think will take it. Exactly. Nobody thought that that Parasite was going to take all of the major categories. So we knew it was going to win international feature yeah. film. Then it went on to win directing. It went on to win original screenplay, original screenplay and best picture. Yeah. Which is... A first in Oscar history. In the 92 years of Oscar, this was a first that an international film won the overall best picture. Yeah. Unheard of. Never done before. Completely historic. And the entire cast of Parasite was just going apeshit that night. Oh, yeah. And to see them yeah. being celebrated so much by Hollywood was just such a joy. Yeah. And it's just, it. you know, again, like, were there individual performances that maybe deserved a performance yes. nod? Uh, I don't know. I like that they got that, you know, the ensemble for sure, absolutely. And uh-huh. I think it really worked as the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, mo- everyone had moments, but like the film overall, like yeah. to be honored with those, the, in those categories mm-hmm. with those films. Yeah. And we talked about this on our, our 
pre-awards yeah. show episode mm-hmm. that like the farewell was yeah. completely shut out of Oscar. Exactly. That had some performances that should have been nominated. Yeah. So, yeah. So while, yeah, but Parasite was just such a perfect film. Yeah. It was my, it was my heart pick and it was mm-hmm. my like pick pick for it to because win. I was just like, you know what? I, it, it's such an important film mm-hmm. and it really, I was listening to a podcast on the way over where this guy was listening, was like in a coffee shop uh, overhearing somebody talk disparagingly about Parasite. Mm-hmm. And it really is one of those movies where depending on your react, depending on how, what you think of it, it really kind of is a value judgment on mm-hmm. you because it's like, yeah, I didn't really think it was like, I'm like, well, yeah, cause you're probably rich as fuck. And you know, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, those are the big awards and speeches moments. There yeah. were a few things that I like jotted down some notes about <laughs> that I'll <laughs> offer to you as an afterthought. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shia LaBeouf came on stage with his uh, co-star from the Peanut Butter Falcon, who is a Downs actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people thought that he was being disrespectful or whatever to his his co-star there. And if not, I I saw him being incredibly patient and really um, invested in that presentation moment. Yeah. Um, which is hard to do as someone with a disability to read from a teleprompter mm-hmm. like that in the spot. And I thought that he did a really beautiful job. Uh, yeah. And they also like, guys, they, uh, one thing I, I was reading, I saw the same thing and it's like, you know, they have a shorthand. They were working on a film and you can see like in the interviews that they, that Shia and, um, Dakota Johnson have done mm-hmm. with that actor like they are a unit like they yeah. they work really well Peanut Butter Falcon was one of the surprise hits of the year it was yeah so yeah, yeah. can you look up the name of that actor real I quick? sure can I don't want us to like skate over that let's not let us not um while you are looking up the name of that actor I also wrote down Olivia Coleman is the best <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she truly is the best. She came out in her intro. She said, this was like the greatest night of my husband's life last year. <laughs> Which, oh God. Which is like, yeah, she does, you know, have a, she has that. Uh, she is. She's a so, comedy actress. She's a comedy queen. She is so fucking charming. She's just the best. I love her so much. Um, are you in? Zach Gottsagen. There you go. Yes. Um, Zach good on Gottsagen. you, Zach. Good work on the Oscars. Um, I wrote down Timothy Tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I wrote down Keanu Timeless. Oh, my God. What did you think of Diane's dress? <laughs> I wrote down this. Diane Keaton looks drunk and awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fight me on it. It, and this is also the year of Keanu too. It's like twenty twenty is the year. Keanu is coming back, and the thing is, Keanu's woman, who he's been in a relationship now with for a very long time, is an older woman who looks a little along the lines of Diane Keaton, mm-hmm. um, except classier and put together. And you know, she is serving not drunk and awful. No, <laughs> I was like, how many patterns can we put on her? I was like, enough with the fucking hats, Diane. I know we need to see you. I, Take I, off the ascot. I don't think God. it's her. I think it's an act. I think it's a lookalike because you can't really see her face. I, I feel like it's her, <laughs> but I felt like there was a, she was stumbling a little. She was struggling to find her balance. Maybe she had an edible before the show. Who knows? Maybe. I wrote down, where are Joe Pesci and Anthony Hopkins? (laughs) 
I mean, are the two of them just above it all? Like Eminem was in 2003? You, they probably weren't. They knew they weren't going to win. So they were just like, I can't be bothered with this bullshit? I mean, Joe Pe- you can speak more to Joe Pesci, maybe. But like... <laughs> Why would I be... What kind of fucking stereotype is that? What kind of fucking bullshit is that, Joe? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> you know what you just did? I did? That's on your conscience tonight. I hope you sleep with one I, eye open, you I, asshole. I heard it come out and I was like, holy shit, I need to bring that back. I can't bring that back. <laughs> As I'm threatening your safety. <laughs> Do I amuse you? Am I some sort of clown? Okay, so I know every Italian person in the world. <laughs> Got it. Jesus. <sighs> uh, <laughs> like, but like, you can speak to Joe Pesci because I can speak to Anthony Hopkins. Like, that's right. That, that's also what's implied. Got it. Yeah. Oh, are you connected to Sir Anthony Hopkins? You share a bloodline, apparently. Oh God, crazy. Um, I will say, I had, I did see. That special on Netflix, the movies that made us, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I—I I only watched the Home Alone episode. <laughs> but on that episode, they talked a lot about Joe Pesci's work ethic. Uh huh. Um, and they said that because um, who's the other one? The one that Marv, Marv um, and Daniel. Dan- yeah, what's his name? Savage? No, no. not Dan Savage. No. Hold on, looking, Look it up. looking it up because he was also the voice of. Um, Fred, uh, yeah. Fred Savage's uh, voice on, um, on, um, uh, what's it called? The Wonder Years? Yeah. No. Yes. That guy was the voice of Fred Savage in The Wonder Years. No. Yes. Absolutely. I think you're a vicious liar and I don't believe N- No, you. that is true. hundred percent. Hundo P. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Daniel the voice Stern. Of Kevin. I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. The voice of adult Kevin Arnold on television series The Wonder Years. Yes. My mind is blown. Yes. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Girl. I never pieced that together. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, apparently, I mean, he's not Joe Pesci, so I don't know <laughs> shit about him. Apparently. But he's not an Italian American actor. Unless he's a mobster in The Irishman. I don't know anything about him. Sorry. Shit. <laughs> McClack you on that forever. <laughs> forever now. Okay. So on that episode of the movies that made us, Joe's about to like <laughs> wet himself. <laughs> on that episode, Daniel Stern talked about Joe Pesci's work ethic and how he never wanted to show up to the set. Christopher Columbus also talked about this. Chris Columbus. He said that um Joe Pesci was like always concerned with when he could go golfing. <laughs> and he was like more concerned with his golf schedule and getting out on the links every day than he was with showing up to the set or that he would like his call times, like couldn't be too early cause he had to golf first Oh God. or something to that effect. And I'm like, okay, well that maybe speaks to his work ethic, but, but I don't know. Maybe he was golfing. At night in the Oscars? Somewhere. I don't know. Anyway. Putt, putt somewhere. That was that. But where was Anthony Hopkins? We don't know these things. Anyway, those were my notes. Diane Keaton looks drunk and awful. <laughs> Keanu Timeless. Timothy Tracksuit. Um, Olivia Coleman is the best. Anything on uh, the Korean translator? 
Bong Joon-ho's. No. Yeah. No, but I did say there was an introduction where Tran, some someone named Tran introduced like uh, the next presenter. Kelly Marie Tran? Yes. Uh-huh. And she was awful. Oh. She was like too peppy and young and like, hey, cutting the commercial, but here I am with Questlove and uh, and like <laughs> it was reporting live from the Oscars. I'm Maria Menounos. Yeah, <laughs> it was very like, oh, who are you? Go to bed. <laughs> Yeah. And she's someone who's like actually legit got hate because when she was when it was the last Jedi, which is Yes. Yeah, she the got the reason she was there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She got so much hate. Um but I have to give it up for I want to talk about Bong Joon's speech, uh-huh. um when he gave for director. Yes. When he got to when he honored Scorsese. When he honored Scorsese mm-hmm. and like everyone stood up, yeah. which like I think Scorsese was like, Oh shit, <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Um, and then he honored Scorsese. He paid tribute to um he paid tribute to Tarantino. Yep. Who was just like, you know, when nobody knew my movies, you were putting them on your list and people were checking them yeah. out. So like I I he appreciated has, all like, of that. Yeah. He had a lot of really lovely things to say and um it's clear that he had like such respect for Hollywood and such a reverence for the work that's been there and, and the work that's come before him and how that has influenced his own work. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was a really lovely word. And I loved like every single time he got up there with his translator, who I found delightful. Oh yeah. She was great. Like, yeah. I think she's kind of stole the show a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think she did a really great job. I, um, I think every time he got to the podium, he had something different to say mm-hmm. that felt appropriate for that category and also felt, authentic and like that came from a place of genuine gratitude yeah yeah um i when the lights went down on them oh and everyone was like lift it up yeah lift up, and then up, tom up, hanks yeah. is you know lift up yeah tom hanks the white voice high priest of, yeah, hollywood, <laughs> of hollywood yes yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. with there with rita wilson just mm-hmm. like you know her hand on his mm-hmm. lap uh yeah i mean what I, a year what a year and i think it you know i stand to mention again one more time that I hated Tom Hanks in his nominated role yes. of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I abhorred his performance as Mr. Rogers. Abhorred. <laughs> the, hated. I I haven't brought it up with you. I knew I, I <laughs> Well, let's it put it so this bad. way. I was not going to watch it until uh-huh. you said see it. And then did you see it? No. <laughs> I did not see it until you said like I saw it and it was beautiful. It made me cry. I was like, oh, Oh, I wanted the stamp of approval. I didn't tell you to see that shit. I want. (laughs) I wanted Miss Wendy's stamp of approval. No, it it got Miss Wendy two thumbs down. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, the "Won't You Be My Neighbor" documentary Mm -hmm. that was the two thumbs up. Yes, exactly. That is a beautiful piece, and that is all that needed to be out there. Yeah, we didn't need this. We needed to leave it at that. Exactly. We like America's dad, but we don't need him to be everybody. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so uh, so I think that that was like a courtesy nomination. And again, like we talked about all the other performances that should have been nominated in lieu of that. And so. The but. the question remains now yes. is that like you know only is a year has passed since the travesty that was the Green Book win. <laughs> yeah. So stay mad, fam. Yeah, stay staying mad. But like, how do you like? 
is this just one another instance of the pendulum swinging the exact opposite way? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Do you think that Parasite happened this year because Green Book happened last year? I, n- no. If there were more... If there was a little bit more representation mm-hmm. in the categories, that would be a different story. Uh-huh. So, like, you know, if we maybe had, like, an Aquafina mm-hmm. or, like, a the Farewell, if we had more of that, mm-hmm. it would be a little bit better. Because, like, it, we've, we've done, like, prior to, like, Green Book, there has been a little bit of that. Yeah. I remember the, you know, I remember fucking the Black Panther year oh, yeah. when it was nominated. So, you have all of that going. But, like... It, it just, I'm hesitant to say that it is that shift, mm-hmm. but it's just so interesting to see where we've come in a year mm-hmm. and the kind of art that happens, you know, the kind of art that just changes things yeah. and sets the bar in a different place every year. It does. And it's interesting. I think the last four years have been this roller coaster of of America and Hollywood, A, needing comfort and feel-good work, yeah, but also being angry and needing to create resistance pieces and protest work uh, and needing to create work that brings awareness to things. Um, You know, it, it's, it's a really interesting time where right now we're in an election year. So who knows really curious to see the kind of work that's going to come out of this year the kind of work that came out of Sundance. Like there's some buzz around some stuff already. And so, I don't know. Yeah. And the thing with Parasite, the film itself, is that, like, it could happen in any large city. And the story, while the story wasn't, like, super duper, it it, set, it had its very clear point of view and the clear messages that it wanted to send. Mm-hmm. But it also told it, it told a very interesting story. Yeah. Like, my personal favorite category, no offense to cinematography, my personal favorite category is original screenplay. Uh-huh. Because I always like to see, oh, like, these were... Like, completely original completely ideas. Completely original words. ideas, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Um, Little Women only won costuming. Cool. Um, That was my pick to win adapted screenplay, but I'm real glad that Jojo Rabbit Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Taika Waititi. I'm glad he had his moment. Yeah. I'm also really glad that that film was honored. Somewhere. Somewhere. It was the Get Out Award of the year. It was. (laughs) Of the night, yeah. It was, because we kind of thought, like, ah, it was just being honored in nominations only, and so I'm glad that that had its moment. Yeah, absolutely. It was really great. Yeah. This is another year. Whew. Who knows what will happen next Another year? Another year of Oscar. We'll see if we have a host or not. Or hosts. Or hosts, plurals. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what other kinds of Italian stereotypes Joe is going to associate with <laughs> me next year. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not mad. Not really. <laughs> I mean, your family, your your parents did think it was the best movie of the year, The Irishman. The I oh yeah, they did, <laughs> they did. Listen, my parents, yes, they are the yeah, they're feeding that stereotype. <laughs> they also told me that they loved Green Book last year. So I mean, I can't. I had to school them on a lot of things. That's thank God they had me. There you go. Like, I am their artistic barometer. Tell them, no, you should not like that. No, that is bad. Yes, this is good. You should watch (laughs) this. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, really, thank God they have us, right, Joe? Exactly. There you go. Every year, you should thank God that you <laughs> you have us. Thank God that you have us. Your weird, artistic children that care about the shit that you don't. There you go. <laughs> All right, friends. This is it. This is another year wrapping up the awards. The major, major awards. Major, right? super duper, yeah. Our next off-season awards happen in June and then again in September. Yep. We have the Tonys and then we have the Emmys. Emmys. Um, but, I mean, really, this was like the mega, the mega motherfucker yeah. Yeah. of all of them. So, here we are. All right. And we're off soon. Uh, stay tuned. We're coming at you soon in a couple weeks with yeah. our with Feb- February. February recap. Yeah. And uh, we'll finally get to talk about the Super Bowl. So, yeah. yay. Yes. <laughs> Joe was finally going to be able oh to talk about gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about it until I I'm, started walking up here, and I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. It's okay. He's still mad at me about it. It's all good. <laughs> all right, Joe. We'll hear all about it. All right. Uh, go and see movies. Go and support art. Hey, follow us on iTunes and Spotify, and like us and review us. Yeah. And follow us on Instagram. Yes. And we post cool shit sometimes. Yeah. Hashtag uh, bong gang. Hashtag that's the hashtag this year. Bong gang. Bong gang. Okay. Not like last year was bong gang. Bong gang, like bong Jun ho, like bong, like yes. I'm thinking bong, like taking hits off. Oh no, not like not not like a bot. No, like yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag bong gang. Not like hashtag fuck green book. Stay mad. (laughs) Listen, we're always gonna say hashtag fuck green book. Stay mad. Um. All right, y'all. Be well. (laughs) Go to the cinema, enjoy some movies, and enjoy your time of the month.